Hi, I'm Matt. Hi, I'm Tammy. Hi, I'm Guido. Hi, I'm Allie. And this is Quad Pro Quell. Welcome to Quad Pro Quo. Uh, this is the second installment of our our inaugural theme month. Uh, it's Spielberg month. Woo. We just wrapped up on um, boring fish on the beach stuff. I decided for uh, my installment, I was going to pick, as I said at the end of last episode, I'm going to pick basically the best thing Spielberg's ever done. Well... Uh, that's pretty strong Maybe after say. Maybe because after Schindler's List... Maybe after Saving Private Ryan. I've never seen this also, list. Okay, just keep going. Because this is this also isn't even your favorite movie of this series that we're doing. So It's a close second. It's a close second. To say that it's Spielberg's best is not true because you don't even think it's Spielberg's best. I'm not saying the film I'm not saying I'm not saying the film itself is his best. I am saying that the best thing Spielberg is introduced to cinema is the character of Indiana Jones. It wasn't those two dogs in Jaws. It wasn't those two dogs in Jaws. Dogs. It wasn't the the alien that likes to eat Reese's Pieces and the glowy finger. I thought those were Skittles. No, no Reese's, Pieces. Reese's Pieces. Famously, M&M's turned it down, so they got Reese's Pieces to do it. And then sales for Reese's like Pieces Skittles. went up. Again, like I said, I flipped a coin whether or not I wanted to do Raiders, which I think is Spielberg's best film, or do The Last Crusade, and the coin flip dictated The Last Crusade, directed by Steven Spielberg, released in 1989, starring Harrison Ford, Sean Connery, and a few other people. Right. I want you to find the grail. I heard this bedtime story before. Eternal life, Dr. Jones. The gift of youth to whoever drinks from the grail. After you, Junior. I would like to point out that oh, yeah, Guido's, Guido's stepmom thinks that his dad looks like Sean Connery, and that is one of the main points of why she's so attracted to him. I think she might be the only one that feels that way, which is fine. You know, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, be attracted to your man. That's good. You know, I very mean, healthy. I'm going to show a picture of your dad to my grandmother and see what she thinks because Mimi Mimi's notoriously the authority loves Sean Connery. No, she loves Sean Connery. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She'll, she'll probably just be like, she looks, he looks like that guy in the movie with the monster that you people like. Uh, Wilford Wilf Brimley. These are my chest and supplies. <laughs> All right, of course. So, so Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, released in 1989. The third movie in the Indiana Jones franchise, Mm -hmm. which was made mostly in part because Spielberg had a three-picture deal with George Lucas. They they went through a lot of they went through a lot of work and a lot of uh, or you know treatments to see what they wanted to get. Since the last movie, the previous installment, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, had such a negative reaction compared to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Total garbage. All the all the stuff that Lucas was throwing at him, he was like, "Hey, maybe it should be a haunted mansion. Or hey, maybe he should uh, meet um, aliens or something." Or me, he's like, "Nope, nope. We're doing what works. We're doing what works. Get that guy over there, Chris Columbus. Help us write this. Chris Columbus also helped write the Goonies. Um, but they basically were like, "This is what worked. This is Raiders. This is what worked. But you know what? We're gonna make it different because you know there was dad in there." But what worked in Raiders? Nazis? Religious, religious artifacts, Nazis, 
Jonathan Reese davies and that's about it. Okay. It was an adventure movie. Yeah, it was an adventure movie. Who doesn't love an adventure story? No. It's I do. Honestly, again, just like we did with Jaws, because I feel like, you know, Indiana Jones is just one of those movies where we're not going to do plot by plot by plot, you know, like we've normally done with our previous installments. So, first thing I would like to do is I would like to talk about the opening sequence in the film, which I always feel like Indiana Jones always has great opening sequences. It does. Uh, Raiders, of course, is the is the best one. Mm. With the boulder. With when the boulder. Mm-hmm. When is this? What's the setting? What year is this? The, the beginning is set in Utah of 1912. And we're uh, we're in the we're in the desert, you know the probably uh, Zion. Yeah, whatever they call that stuff out there with the with the plateaus. And I the, think it's Zion. It's a Boy Scout excursion, which Spielberg did as a tribute to his time at the Boy Scouts. He loved the Boy Scouts. They're they're going on a trip. They're on a horseback, and they're allowed to just walk around, just check stuff out. We don't see who's anybody, but we see these two guys. They go off into this cliffs. The music kind of starts playing because clearly. This is young Indiana Jones, played by uh, Child Star River Phoenix. I don't... Mm. Mm-hmm. River Phoenix. <laughs> I don't get the appeal of that. I, I One of my first loves. Really? Loved River yeah, Phoenix. There we go. I mean... He's so... He was so talented. It was tragic. And tragic what happened to him. He yeah. was so talented. And he is so... And this is his last movie. And he's so cute. And... Um, what happened? He overdosed outside of Johnny Depp's club on Hollywood Boulevard. Well, that was Johnny Depp's club? The Viper Room? That was Johnny Depp's club. Oh. He overdosed. If you ever listen, it's really sad. If you ever listen to the 911 call that Joaquin Phoenix calls. Oh, that's terrible. And he's probably really young because River Phoenix was young when he died and Joaquin Phoenix makes the phone call. It's horrifying to listen to. Um, Although Joaquin Phoenix uh, back then was Leaf. His name was Leaf. Didn't, um... No, really? Yeah, his name was Leaf. They were all like that. Leaf, River, Summer. Butt plug. Summer Phoenix is married was married to Ben Affleck's brother Casey Affleck. They had a kid and they named their kid Indiana because that was the last movie that River Phoenix did. I just love River Phoenix and I just I just thought, you know, it was kind of the same. I mean, I was really young when he died, but I feel like a comparison of Heath Ledger is always made to River Phoenix. They were just too young when they died and they were so talented and we just didn't get to see enough of them. They were up and coming. And I mean, yeah. I mean, people knew Heath Ledger. Yeah. But but he was... He just had so much more to give. Mm-hmm. And it was just unfortunate what happened. And he put so much into The Dark Knight yeah. as well. But they were both like kind of teen heartthrobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I personally feel like if River Phoenix hadn't died, I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio would be around, personally. You think he would have gotten a lot of his roles? I think River Phoenix would have been in Titanic. Look at River Phoenix and Indiana Jones and look at Leonardo DiCaprio. They are basically the same person. We lost our blonde boy. Get another one. I'm just saying. And it wouldn't have been that much longer because Titanic was what, 97? I don't know. 97, 96. <laughs> 96, 97. So he would have been... I don't remember who's in that movie. This is about Titanic. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> this isn't James Cameron month. I'm just saying, I think... I, <laughs> I think that if River Phoenix hadn't died... We wouldn't really have a Leonardo DiCaprio, even though I love Leo, but he kind of replaced the River Phoenix shaped hole in my heart. But but funny, but but funny enough, uh, actually, Harrison Ford was the person that recommended um, River Phoenix to Mm -hmm. be Harrison for Young Indiana Jones in this movie. 
having worked with him previously at another movie, it was called the, I guess apparently when he was interviewed, people were asking River how he did for to prepare for it and everything. He was like, oh, well, to be honest with you, I didn't really look into Indiana Jones as much as I studied Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Which is which is it's he it paid off because honestly he had all of the he had all the mannerisms and all mm-hmm. the like he's like doing the thing where he like rubs his thumb against the bottom of his chin and like basically all the facial stuff facial tics you see from Harrison Ford. Okay. So they're there. They're watching this 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 dig happen in this cave in Utah, and of course Indy is like, "Oh, that's the cross of Coronado." It belongs in a museum. Which, what is the rules of that? Like, if you find it, is it technically yours? Well, I guess technically it would have been, because even they even say it, it's supposed to go to the last living relative of the person that apparently... But would this have been before it was a national park, probably, right? So it's technically open land. Yeah. So then technically those guys do, if they find it, they own it. Yeah. Well, you know, last time I checked, it's finders, keepers. Well, it's like if you find treasure, if you find it in, in international waters, it's yours. But if you're not in international waters, then it belongs to the country of the waters that you're in. But if they found it in a park that wasn't a park yet because it was 1912, and that was before park before Teddy Roosevelt yeah, kind of created parks. Yeah, I don't think Roosevelt bequeathed that as an yeah, park yet. Then it's technically finders, keepers, losers, weepers. And Indy goes down and he steals it. Yes. After he, you know... Shows a blatant disregard for snakes, which was something that wasn't canon from the previous movies. And I started freaking out when I saw that. But <laughs> Do you not like snakes? No, he picks up a snake because the other kid is freaking out and goes, it's only a snake. And he throws it and away. And as we all know, Indy is deathly afraid of snakes in the previous But movies. that's explained literally in seven minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he, he steals the cross from these... Bandits. These bandits. Yeah, we just call them bandits. <laughs> and they give chase, and they're running across the, the Utah desert until they come across some uh, train tracks where there's a circus train. Just circus train. Casually going by. Love a circus. They jump up. They dodge some really lifelike giraffes. Apparently were not real. Matt told me that this morning, and I was like, what? Yeah. No, they weren't real. You mean they didn't endanger two endangered species to film this movie? <laughs> <laughs> they go down into the they go down into the reptile compartment. Compartment. And Indy's climbing across. This is where he gets his phobia because he falls into a snake pit and gets covered in snakes. Lots of snakes. Lots My mother can't even watch that scene. Lots and lots of snakes. It makes it makes the scene in Raiders look like um, our friend Nate's like snake cage. Nate has a snake cage? He used to have a lot of snakes. Oh, I love snakes. He would breed them for weird colors and make some buku bars. Well, first he falls into this water pit, and then a giant snake comes out. I don't know what kind of snake that. I'm assuming it's supposed to be an anaconda, Mm -hmm. but anacondas don't technically need to live in water. This is like a bath with a big snake in it. But he falls into a pit of. They're garter snakes. They're not even like terrible snakes. Okay, you you fall into something like that and see how you feel. I mean, if snakes wouldn't bother spiders, yes. I hate that scene in the first Indiana Jones with all the spikes, spiders on the back of the guys. I can't even watch that scene. Then runs across the roof, gets accosted, you know, by one of the guys, but he gets saved by a a fake rhino shooting his horn up into the rhino's fake. 
right on his face. What? And then he gets into a lion's cage. Not fake. Not fake. But, but also clearly not shot in the same sequence. Like, he's just seeing the girl, ah! They're never and then in they the cut, same and shot. Then they, and then they cut to the lion, the lion's like, <laughs> And then he goes, ah! And then he gets a whip. The whip. The thing that Indiana Jones is synonymous for. He's going to take care of this lion, no problem. Whack! Hits himself in the face with it. And that explains how he gets the scar Which I Are you whip a whip? You crack a whip. Yeah, crack a whip. Okay. Whip it good. Well, well, yeah, you gotta whip it. I love... In the shit. Oh, whip it good. <clears throat> how they had to explain the scar, which is just naturally on Harrison Ford's face. It's, it's not a, like it's an Indiana Jones trait. It's on Harrison Ford's face. Got they didn't, it's like they had to have a backstory of the scar. <laughs> no one, no feature. one was like, it's a very predominant feature. How did Indiana Jones get that scar? Oh, I don't know. It was on his face when he was Han Solo. It was on his face when well, he that's, was. That's probably like, one. That's probably one of the reasons why a lot of people didn't like Solo because they didn't explain the cut on his chin. Then he goes through uh, the magic caboose and he gets out and he's uh, he's running. He runs all the way home. He runs all the way home to tell his dad about it. And his dad's sitting there. He's like... And who is his dad? Well, his dad is, uh, of course, Sir Sean Connery. But we don't see him first. We just hear him. He goes... Dad! It's important. Wait. Count to 20. No, Dad, you listen. Junior! One, two, three, four. In Greek. Only then um, the sheriff shows up because he sent his he sent his fat buddy to go get the to get the sheriff and they uh, and the sheriff actually shows up with the bandits because like we were just explaining it, it's basically finders keepers so they were the ones that found this thing so it's technically theirs and he stole it from them. You kind of get the, I feel like they give you the also the impression that like the sheriff's being paid off or something. Yeah. Because There's some cronyism happened. But at this point, like how like all River Phoenix, all Indiana has to say is like, no, I found it first. Prove it. Prove it. But prove then, it that they found it first. They but, they can't prove that. But it's also five on one, so that, kid. So of course they're going to take the five people against the one. Yeah. yeah, he's got witnesses. I just feel like you kind of get the idea, like that the guy with the white suit and the white hat with the rose in it is like paying off people. So then we get another indie trope. Because the one guy that was the head of the of the bandits, who isn't credited in the movie at all, you know, his character doesn't have a name. His character is just Fedora, aptly titled or aptly named because he has a fedora. And what does he do? He gives the fedora to Indiana Jones, he and the then torch. the music starts playing. The and we cut twenty six years into the future, off the coast of Portugal. He's going after the same cross from the same guy. It belongs in a museum! So do you, Dr. Jones! And of course, the, the boat fight happens because it's in the raging squall and everything. And he gets the cross, the boat blows up, and then he comes back to his college. He did that barely in Raiders of the Lost Ark as well. I said he's not a good professor. <laughs> Well, he has all young women in his class. And presumably gay men. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just didn't realize there was such a demand for archaeology back then. There wasn't. Like, There's not. Like, really? All that He had so many people there for his office hours? Because they want to fuck him. They or wanted a good grade. That's why they're there for his office hours. And he's a terrible professor because he doesn't grade papers. And he, he, his off, he said his office hours... 
I'll be in my office Tuesday between one and two, basically, is what he says. Ooh, an hour, and that's all. <laughs> he's a terrible professor. He clearly has tenure because he yeah, still has a job. Because people want to fuck him. <laughs> and I'm assuming that the museum that Marcus Brody works at mm-hmm. is kind of is yes, <laughs> is got lost in his own museum. Is kind of affiliated with with the college because there's no way a professor would be able to leave for let's be honest weeks at a time to go on archaeological missions slash treasure hunters to and then come back and have their job still although we talked about tenure professors in one of our last podcasts and how they can basically kill people and get away with it (laughs) i'm sure he has an obligation to be you know, teach lecture and things. I don't know. He seems to be gone a lot. Well, you know, as long as he comes back with something nice or at least he gets a grant from the government because I'm sure the government paid him for well, the for the Ark of the Covenant. Well, like I said, I think I think the museum is just attached to the college, so there's a little bit of leeway. He gets, he gets something in the mail from his dad. It's his grail diary. You got to talk about... Walter Donovan comes after this. Mm-hmm. Does it? He gets... It gets mailed to him at his job. Oh, that's right. Why did dad send me this? Well, he doesn't open it anymore. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about when he opens it in his dad's house after he finds out his dad's house has been ransacked. Keep going. I'm sorry. And then he, as, he's leaving, as he's leaving the university, he gets accosted by G-men, it looks like, mm-hmm. to which he then gets driven. I, I, I would love to know where this college is. I know. I forget what the name is. It's not an actual university. It's a fake university or whatever. But I just love to know where it's based. Where do you, how do you know it's a fake? Like, where do they ever say the name of the college he works at? They say it in the movie that we don't talk about. Oh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? We don't talk about that. Oh. The one with mud? We don't talk about that. So I, I always thought that it was Princeton. I always thought it was an East Coast school. And I always thought it was Princeton. But in this. Technically, it is an East Coast school. I know. And so I always thought it was Princeton. But when he goes to the next scene, the guy says, how was your trip down? And they're in New York. So I'm assuming it's kind of like Yale or Harvard, like an Ivy League New England school. It's Medford, the same place that Dexter Riley went to. But what year did it become Medford? I don't know. What year is it now? What is the setting? It's 1938. Very interesting. Everyone remember that year. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. No. <laughs> historical inaccuracies abound, I'm assuming. Very. <laughs> Very. Where um, Indy is at this private party where it's like, I guess, in the middle of the afternoon, which is weird. Like, it is the middle of the afternoon. I wrote dope apartment because that guy has a kick-ass apartment but it's like yeah they're having a gala or something in the middle of the afternoon it is true daylight it's broad daylight out there it is true and who walks in with rich but walter donovan rich guy who i guess funds the museum and also likes to get his chains forged whenever he learns something and loves to help cersei lannister yeah because that's that's the dude that's the dude. That's the dude. That's Grand Maester Pycelle from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Man, Cannot even believe that. And everything. When he was in Bond, he played another good guy, bad guy. He was also a. He dirt. was in Bond. He was a bad guy in Bond. He was bad guy in Doctor Who. I know that. Queen's not gonna know that. It was a Tom Baker episode. <laughs> I. You could have like knocked me over in my chair when he said he's like, oh, it's Walter Donovan. I was like, what? <laughs> Grandmaster Parcel is Walter Donovan. Are you well, you kidding know, the, me right now? 
the beard. I mean, that's that's pretty. That, I, that just, hides I it mean, very I don't well. know. I guess. I mean, honestly, it was nineteen eighty nine. You know, I he was just so old. <laughs> Walter Donovan enlists Indiana into his Grail quest, his quest to find the Holy Grail. Yes, but. Indiana isn't really having it. He was like, well, you should really talk to my father. And then, dun-dun-dun. Should we explain what the Holy Grail is? It's the cup of Christ. The cup that Christ drank out of at the Last Supper. I thought, I thought the blood got poured into it, like, when he got stabbed. I, I Who cares? I think it was the cup he drank out of at the, at the Last Supper. He was a bad guy in uh, for, your, for Your Eyes Only. Jesus was? <laughs> Walter Donovan or Julius person I think I think it was the cup that he drank out of at the last supper hello religious people I, or people who went to Catholic or Christian school or he whatever. went to Catholic school yeah it was the uh, cup that he drank out of at home it wasn't the cup that caused blood when he was at home <laughs> he pulled it out of his Tupperware cupboard <laughs> <laughs> this is his home cup. It wasn't the it wasn't the cup that caught it was the cup that caught his blood at the crucifixion. What? There was a sippy lip too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the cup. That's gonna be pl- that's gonna be the plot to yes. plot five. <laughs> the sippy lip go <laughs> It was the cup that caught his blood at the crucifixion and then was given to Joseph of Arimathea to take care of. I think that's what they say. Because it will grant you everlasting annoyance. Well, that's that was the one thing that bothers me. Was Walter Donovan says the gift of eternal etern- no eternal he said he life. says immortality eternal youth immortality and eternal youth are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Eternal youth is not the same thing as living forever. Right. Because if you drink it, it's not going to make you young. It's just going to keep you the age you are. So Walter Donovan drinks like a vampire. Yes. If Walter Donovan well, depending on what story you follow for vampires, mm-hmm. Walter Donovan drinks from the cup of Christ. He's just going to be the same age he is forever. Doesn't make you young. Yeah. It's not eternal youth. It's eternal life. That's it's different. Old fuck forever. So anyway, Indy decides that he's going to go on a quest to find his dad, and he's going to bring Marcus Brody with him. Marcus Brody is the uh, curator of the museum that we also saw in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Which I was talking about this with uh, Allison earlier when we were watching it. Uh, I feel like one of the things that kind of sucked was compared to uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and this movie. He went from, like, a normal, paternal, like, sort of like a father figure to Indy, like an older guy that was like, no, Indiana, I believe you should do this and do that. These are, as Guido mentioned last week, these are kind of Spielberg's attempt at doing a James Bond movie. In Raiders of the Lost Ark, I feel like Marcus was his M, to put it, you know, like his Mm. mentor to tell him, this is what you need to do, this is how you need to do it, and blah, 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 and God help you with all that. In this movie, he's all like, <laughs> he's like basically Mr. Bean, just walking around, just like, oh, I'm going to do something goofy. Oh, oh hello, I don't know who you are. Oh, Johnny Gold. Oh, yes, fine. I didn't feel that way, Mr. Then, Bean. Then I'm, I, when I was like looking up stuff, apparently his character was rewritten to be this doddering kind of boob in this movie because oh. they actually, since Indiana Jones's father is actually going to be in this movie they don't want they didn't want to have like a competing like father father figure figure for Indy so he became the comedic relief while then the father figure only one mentor needed 
Yes. I just kind of assumed that Brody just wasn't a field man. So when he goes into the field, he doesn't know what to do with himself and he becomes kind of like bumbling. Like, Does anyone speak English? He's still smart. <laughs> he he's had just, like some chicken. Yeah. He had like the feathers like still He's just like, face. he's just not used to being in like a really third world country. He's like being on his own. Like I just always kind of assumed he was more of like... A book guy, kind of He like. was like Q, and Q's not used to being in the field. Like, if you put Q and you put a Walther in his hand and tell him to go shoot people, he's not going to know what to do. And That's still basic training. He should have to be able to know how to work a Walther. But I always kind of just bro- thought Brody was just like, I'm a museum guy. I'm not a field agent. This was actually, uh, the character that played Marcus Brody was uh, Denim Elliott. And this is his last appearance in the Indiana Jones franchise. And it's also actually, I think, one of the last movies he was in because, unfortunately, he was um, diagnosed with uh, with AIDS while filming this and then, unfortunately, perished due to complications from that. So they, they go to Venice because that's the last place where Indy's dad... I'm just going to call him Sean Connery from now on if that's okay with everybody. Oh, just Sean Connery. He's Henry Jones Sr. Dad. That's dad. what they call him most of the time in the movie. Dad. dad. Dude, he says that, like, 50 sometimes in this movie. They go to Venice. They meet Dr. Ilsa Schneider. I, I honestly don't know who that actress's name was. Allison Duty. Allison Duty? Duty. 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 You sure it's not, like, a European pronunciation, like, today? Or... No, it's Duty. It's D-O-O-D-Y. Tragic. That is so unfortunate. Yeah. Duty. She's gorgeous, and she has the best wardrobe oh, in yeah. this fucking movie. I am, I don't know. I love the masculine, I felt bad saying this today, like, Nazis, bad. The way that Nazi women dressed in that time period, uh, with oh, the well, suits, the tailored suits, and the, you, vests, you, the vests, uh, the vests, and the, and the top, uh, I loved, uh, Marlene Dietrich, Greta Garbo, thank she, Thank you for like, spoilers, you didn't it. know she was a Nazi yet. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> um, Spoilers. I called her Freulein in all of my notes. Reason yeah. reason why we find out she's a Nazi is because she talks in her sleep. Well, hopefully we'll get there soon. Oh, so here's the thing. So <laughs> just Elsa, Elsa, this frigid bitch Elsa, says that they're on holy ground, but any good Catholic would know that they would de-sanctify any, any form Oh, when they go to the library? Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a, it was a church, but it it's been desanctified because it's a library. So anytime it's not be, a church isn't going to be used as a church anymore, they desanctify it, the whole thing. Did you also pick up the massive amounts of fake books on the shelves in this desanctified library? I missed all the fake books. Oh yeah, like it's up, the fake it's up when he's looking and he's looking down at X, all the shelves behind him are just fake books. Like Better the shit. fake like the fake people in Waterworld. Oh, fake yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can see the res- like, there's just a slight like recession paint. of paint. space of the black, like, blank space is... Right it's not there. even, it's not painting, it's just, like, blocks of fake covers, basically. <laughs> it's amazing. So, they go down, they, because, of course, while, you know, I'm not looking for the grail, I'm looking for my father, he's basically solving the way to find the grail... He gets down into a catacomb, which is full of rats. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Which, by which the way... he hates rats. Oh, no, no, no. doesn't? His, his the dad, dad hates rats. His dad hates rats. These are just... These are so... Oh, Surprisingly gross. not, because those rats were all bred specifically for this movie, because they had to, so they wouldn't have rats that were, you know, of course, exposed to disease and all that. So these were very nice rats. 
Out of all the things that they planned, that is what they planned. They actually had to insure these rats. And for the first time ever, the insurance company had to come up with a, a 1,000 rat deductible. They actually had to write that out. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, I was wondering, too, like, when they get to Venice, and I don't, I mean, it looks like it's Venice when they get there. Like, when they first get there on the canals. I don't know if it's a green screen, but it looks like Venice. Yeah, they, like, had, they had access to Venice the for ex- the whole fence. To block that off and have all people in, like, period costumes, I just want to know how much that costs. Like, that's, like, the entire waterway of Venice that they film on with people in 1938 period costumes. Like, that's crazy. Other stuff you can tell it's like, a studio backlot. But that opening scene when they first get in Venice, I'm like, how much did that cost? They filmed it from 7 to 1. That is insane. In one day. That's insane to me. But then, of course, they get accosted by uh, these weird, um, weird. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, not weird. These these gangs, these these guys, where it turns out that they're part of a secret sect that are protecting the Grail from people. Crucible something. It's the something guys from the mummy. It's, it's the this... kingdom of the crystal skull. No, 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 no. They're different because they had different tattoos. Different, but same, same. The guys from the mummy probably are is, are Muslim too. Like these guys are Christians. <laughs> They definitely slap elbows, okay? They they probably meet up at like secret cabal con. It's also you know, like they rub they rub they elbows. Get, yeah. Okay, they it's also, together. It's also different areas of the world. The mummy is Egypt. They gotta know each other. They do the same thing. The cup like, of Christ is in Turkey. They'll be like, oh, totally yes. continents. The, the, city, the city of the dead is over here. The holy grail is over here. We will stay away from each other. But we'll see each other at cons, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so then they're like, oh, well, your father is in Austria. Or no, not Austria. Uh, oh, the Austria-Hungarian border. Yes. In, in Castle Grunewald. Castle Grunewald. Grunewald. Have you been practicing your accent? I'm just Grindelwald? I'm just very good at accents. More yeah. just the, the Anna Delvey accent. Yeah. It's a good accent. So they get... Why are you so poor? What is wrong with y'all? It's my Anna Delvey accent. <laughs> so, so that was good. Get, that was good. <laughs> they get to the castle. Very interesting introduction. Harrison Ford does his uh, attempt at an accent. Terrible yeah, attempt at an accent. All right. Is he trying to be Scottish? Yes. He's a Scottish lord. That's right. Harrison Ford's got some big fucking balls. He's in a movie with Sir. John Connery, and he's going to whiff this fucking Scottish accent. It's the worst Scottish accent I've ever heard. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because you've seen Highlander. Wow, I'm pretty it? sure Christopher Lambert had a it worse was better in Highlander because because Sean Connery was still there too. Sean like Connery is also place. supposed to be Egyptian in Highlander, so we're not gonna critique. We're not gonna critique uh, accents at this we're point. We're not gonna That's critique that, Sean yeah. Connery, but. I will critique Harrison Ford. <laughs> well, he's never had to really. And he's only separated from. He's only twelve years younger than Sean Connery. So it's like, That's crazy. My next point: uh, we were getting introduced to Sean Connery, who plays Indiana Jones's father, despite the fact that they are only twelve years apart in age. Other interesting facts about Sean: the way that they showed, they they kept the age, they they made the age thing look even bigger than it was. They made sure that Sean Connery had facial hair the whole time. And is that, that not his facial hair? No, it is his facial hair. Oh, okay. But he wasn't as fully white as he 
This is before that movie Entrapment with Catherine Zeta-Jones, right? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wasn't. It took me to see that. I movie. mean, he still had a he still had like a lot of gray in his hair or whatever. But they they treated it to make him look older, and they always insisted that Harrison Ford was clean shaven to make him look younger. They do look far apart in age. Yes. Even though they're only twelve years apart, they do look. Sean Connery is a sexy bitch. She might have fathered somebody when he was twelve. <laughs> The world may never know. The world may never know. And of course, this I mean, Mimi would have signed up. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> but funny enough, also they were up for a, a bunch of other movies after this to be paired up together, but they both turned really one or the other turned it down. Like uh, Sean Connery showed up for the Hunt for Red October. Harrison Ford turned it down with Alec Baldwin. Then they but both. Isn't that a Jack, a Jake, Jack? Jack Ryan. It's the first Jack Ryan. Movie, I said yes. Jake Ryan. It's from 16 Candles. <laughs> but didn't he end up playing Jack Ryan later? Yeah, later. Oh. In Patriot Games and Clinton oh. Danger. And they just didn't want to be in the same movie again? I don't know. Did they actually hate each other? I don't think so. It didn't say anything about that. It's probably big egos. They also both turned down parts in Jurassic Park. Oh, Her- he was... Harrison there. Ford was going to be, uh, was going to be Sam Neill. Um, Sean Connery was going to be... Richard Hammond. Richard Hammond. It's almost like they didn't want to work with each other again. Yeah, it seems like they maybe didn't work with each other. And then, of course, the, the last time was uh, Sean Connery... I'm trying Con- to think of what Jurassic Park would have been like. Them casted there. Uh, I don't know. I love I Sam Neill in that part. Yeah. I really do. Did you see that article recently about how Sam Neill and Laura Dern talked about how inappropriate the age difference was, was between them in that movie? No. Because they're like... I mean, they don't look that far apart in age, but I'm pretty sure Laura Dern is 20 years younger than than Sam Neill. And they both came out and were basically like, yeah, really inappropriate relationship, considering he's like 40 and she's like 20 in that movie, basically. Well, you know. <laughs> or like, he's like 45 and she's like 25, because they're, tw- they're 20 years apart, apparently, in real life. Steven Spielberg does like to write the inappropriate romances now, doesn't he? No. Uh, I'm sorry. How old was Marion Ravenwood apparently when they first met in Raiders of the Lost Ark? Okay, I'm sorry. Didn't George Lucas write these movies? Spielberg could have said something different about it. Oh. <laughs> Touche. Okay, because George Lucas never writes inappropriate relationships between people. <clears throat> Luke and Leia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to go with the low-hanging fruit and go mm-hmm. with Padme and Anakin, but okay, you go with the incest route. Well, both are inappropriate. So, yes, we meet Sean Connery, and then we find out Elsa is a Nazi, and then they both get roped up. And they both fucked her. Yes. They're Eskimo father and son. (laughs) They just then go on this elaborate quest to find the Grail and also find... Well, first got to find Marcus, and we see Sulla again. John Reese davies Yes, it's always great to see him. Talk about the, the, what's the line, the... Marcus, you didn't drag poor Marcus along, did you? He's not up to the challenge. He sticks out like a sore thumb. We'll find him. The hell you will. He's got a two-day head start on you, which is more than he needs. Brody's got friends in every town and village from here to the Sudan. He speaks a dozen languages, knows every local custom. He'll blend in, disappear. You'll never see him again. With any luck, he's got the grail already. He'll blend in, disappear. <laughs> it's yes, like the best yes. line in the world. Like horror. I said, that's that's the thing that uh, that kind of irritated me about the whole um, the change in character of Marcus from the first movie to the third movie. He was like, he'll blend in. He'll he knows every language and he 
And then you just show us him going like, ah, ah, hello, I'm walking through here and sticking out like a sore thumb. Does anyone here speak English? Yeah, he says, you know, Marcus, he gets lost. He got lost in his yeah, own museum. Yeah, you know, museum. Marcus, he got lost in his own museum. I also like the scene where they ride on the Zeppelin. And I wrote, outside of the obvious safety issues, Zeppelins look glamorous. <laughs> I'm also it pretty sure that fun. they were still full of hydrogen then. Well, that's why I said outside of the obvious mm-hmm. safety issues. But a funny thing, you know, a really funny thing about um, about this movie and, like, you know, the Zeppelins and, of course, the Nazis were the bad guys in this movie. You know that actually all the costumes in this movie were authentic Nazi uniforms? It's crazy. Apparently somebody... How in, did they get them? Apparently somebody in Austria found them and, like, found crates of them, basically. Just at that time, the... Uh, they were doing stuff to get ready for this movie, and the costume designer was like, I have them. Do you think Spielberg felt a certain way about it? He felt really awkward because, yes, in the book-burning sequence, like in the sequence when they were in Berlin to get the diary back from Elsa. My favorite outfit she wears in this movie is the the book-burning outfit. All the stuff where they're like, apparently all the actors when doing the Nazi salute, they had to have their other arm behind their back with their fingers crossed. That's that was Spielberg's way of sticking it to them. Sticking it to fascists. the Nazis. <laughs> Even though, yeah, for surprisingly for a Jewish guy, he sure did show love to show a lot of swastikas in these movies. Well, the Nazis love their uh, paraphernalia. Yeah, Why did he choose Nazis? As being the bad, the bad guys, guys though. They're like, the bad guys of the time. Come on. Well, yeah, because uh, that's f- true. It is in nineteen. Yeah, because the first movie was Nazis too, and I feel like burning five years before this movie took place supposedly so oh Mr. History (laughs) I mean because come on you know again we don't talk about the fourth one but when they got rid of Nazis and replaced them with commies didn't care no one cared Mm. they hated it so it should have been Nazis looking for aliens should always be Nazis and always religious artifacts I don't care about crystal skulls and commies I want Nazis and artifacts that's all I want well they could be a religious artifact for some other sort of religion the crystal skulls. Those are aliens. They were important to the Aztecs and the Incans. I don't give up. Fuck. It's a movie my mother says is good because it's aliens, Allison. Well, <laughs> you like a Spielberg movie with aliens, too. Yeah, those are you good. E.T., Close Encounters of the Third Kind are fantastic movies. Kidding with a Crystal Skull is a hot dumpster fire full of shit. <laughs> oh, wow. It had a guy named Mutt in it. So bad. I mean, like, what's his name Uh, from Harry Potter and Alien? Should be embarrassed that that was his last film. John Hurt? Yes. Wasn't his last thing. He was in Doctor Who after that. Well, that doesn't help. What? Keep going. (sighs) Ooh. (laughs) You know, I think you're going to sleep on the couch tonight with all that crap you're saying. Am I? Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Not couch. We have. Two guest rooms. Calm down with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they get to Escandron yes. to find the, the Ark? No. No, no, no. The no. Cup they, of Christ. <laughs> no, they go to Escandron. No, uh, Marcus is in Escandron to, to get the map ready because it's in Alexandria. Or Alexandretta. Yes. Or whatever it's called. They get there. The canyon He gets set up for the... Him. But then he gets captured by the Nazis also... By a division of the Nazis that didn't exist at that time either. Am I correct, Matt? What? Guido? Am I correct that the the uh, the Africana division did not exist in 1938? 
Right, and it's not until uh, 1941, and that's when they you got the palm over the yes <laughs> the swastika. But that also that whole scene there was again another basically Spielberg is like just doing. He was doing the original fan service, like lip service to the fans. He's like, hey, remember this part in Raiders where they, where they put her in the back of the truck and then they covered it all up and made it look like a store? We're doing that again, but this time, yeah. Yep. Nope. A lot doing, of throwbacks. Yeah, a lot of throwbacks. A lot of throwbacks. To, please forget about the movie that came before this. Guido, the description of the Rolls Royce, was that an accurate description? It was very wrong. Rolls Royce Phantom Two. 4.3 liter, 30 horsepower, six-cylinder engine with Stromberg downdraft carburetor can go from zero to 100 kilometers an hour in 12.5 seconds. So, like, uh, <laughs> it, it was not a Phantom 2. It, it wasn't? No, it was a 2025, and it's a smaller, cheaper Rolls-Royce, but neither of them could get to 100 miles in... Uh, 12 and a half seconds, especially with 30 horsepower. That 100 kind of kilometers. Did they both have yeah, pause right. traction? Mm-hmm. Pause traction. They were. They were. I can't answer it. It's a trick question. It's a bullshit question. <laughs> I can't with you. Not that fucking movie. So, <laughs> like, it wasn't a Phantom 2. It was all bullshit. But I have a problem with the guy, the actor that played the part that spoke, that said those fucking words, writes about cars for a fucking paper. Oh, so wow. So, for a publication, he should know better, and it was a bunch of fucking gobbledygook bullshit, and I hold him accountable. So I've learned after a certain time period, you don't, there's just, you don't tell Steven Spielberg that he's wrong. Oh. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it, it happens in Jurassic Park, there's so many continuity errors, and I feel like someone should have been like, um, Steven, um... Could you just accurately maybe, describe the vehicle in front of you? Or maybe that area... Where the T-Rex came out of before and now is a ravine. I think people will notice that. And he's like, no, 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 It's good. Like, it, for some reason, people don't tell Steven Spielberg now that he's wrong and that there are massive continuity errors. And maybe this is one of them. That's what I was thinking when you were like, oh, in Jaws, he, you know, uses Cocker Spaniels. And he, he paid homage to his attorney by naming the shark Bruce and blah, 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 blah. Like, you, he has such purposeful attention to detail in some things, and then other things like what you're describing. Guido is like, eh, well, what the fuck? At, at some point, he just is. Yeah. He's just like, now I'm now I'm Spielberg. <clears throat> so like it doesn't fucking matter. It's a movie. He so, thinks people aren't gonna notice. But they do. Yes, <laughs> asked my mother about Raiders of the Lost Ark and the staff. I'm not, I, I don't want to keep going like uh, scene by scene by scene because every, again, everybody's seen this movie. So we're just going to jump, we're just going to jump to the ending. Ooh. Jump to, they get to, they get to the cave where the grail is. The canyon of the I crescent feel, I feel as though this scene where they are picking out the grail is reminiscent of a previous movie that we may have already reviewed in our That's first right. episode. Oh my god, like Return to Oz! Yes! Where they're picking out, you know, the the Holy Grail. They're wow. also trying no to find the relic. Sleep on the couch. That is, is that connection. That is such a good connection. I didn't even think about that. Oh my god. Please, why would you? <laughs> uh, they're just trying to find because it's so obvious. a needle in a haystack. I just thought two dots and I connected it's them. It's so obvious that this Holy Grail is made out of stone. Guys, it just, it just it's, makes, so I mean, it's so obvious. It's so obvious. 
But what I'm gonna pick up the first one that I see. What does Walter Donovan do to make Indiana go through the tests? Because originally he's like, I don't want to do it, and you're not gonna kill me. Yeah, he shoots Sean Connery. (gasps) I know, so awful. With a Walter PPK, which is James James Bond's gun. Did they have Walter's back then? Oh yeah. Oh okay. So that's historically accurate. That's fine. Okay. PPK's been around a while. I didn't know that. That's so cool. He passes the test. He knows he has to kneel before the saw blades. He knows he has to. A penitent man will pass. Penitent man kneels before God. He also knows the word of God, which is the name of God, but also in. It's Jehovah. Jehovah, but Jehovah with an I. the leap from the lion. He has to take a leap of faith. Well, he's really just walking. Yeah. But then you just turn out, it's just like, oh, right. Yeah. It's a path. There's and then he gets to the room. And I have been dying to know who was originally supposed to play that night. Yes. Because you were going to tell me this morning, and I said, don't tell me. And now I want to know who was originally supposed to play the night Templar or whatever. Any, any, any guesses? Aged, beloved actor. Charlton Heston. That's what I said. Nope. I guess three. I oh, said. What the fuck, man? I said Charlton Heston, Max von Sydow, nope. or Christopher Plummer. Nope. And then I believe I said Burt Reynolds just for fun. Nope. <laughs> Gene Hackman. Nope. No. Clark Gable. He would have nope. been dead by then. <laughs> what do you have? Gregory Peck. Marlon Brando. No, but actually Gregory Peck was the backup to play Henry Ford if, uh, or I mean Henry Jones had Sean Connery. Shut up. That would have been amazing. Gregory Peck was supposed to be Indiana Jones' daddy. There was no option. Spielberg Spielberg wanted... Peck 007? Spielberg wanted wanted, uh, Sean Connery, and he only wanted Sean Connery. All right. But no, the knight was supposed to be played by Sir Lawrence Olivier. Oh. But he was also very ill due to old age at the time. Oh, okay. So yeah, that would have been oh Lawrence. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of Richard Burton. Lawrence Olivier. Okay, that actually would have been good though. I have no idea who that is. Lawrence Olivier. I just looked at a picture. Is an old Shakespearean actor. He played Hamlet. Was phenomenal. He was also in a movie with um, Marilyn Monroe. He was in um, fabulous actor. Marathon Man with Dustin Hoffman. Yes, he plays the dentist in Marathon Man. The uh, is it safe? Is it safe? Is it safe? That's fascinating. Can we we also talk about the Diet Coke commercial that accompanies this amazing scene? Well, yeah. Do you remember that commercial? They used to show it as the preview. It was one of the previews that they would show on the old VHS. You would see that before the movie started. Tammy, do you remember that uh, commercial? No. You don't? Which one? It's the Diet Coke commercial that came with this movie. And, like, the woman goes during a commercial break and she has to get Diet Coke from the fridge. And she, like, has to go through all these, like, different... Tasks like she's like enough, there's she snakes to, and she has to go over yeah, there. Oh my god, I vividly funny, remember this. Funny curriculum. enough, she had to do all the the tests that were at the opening sequence of Raiders of the Lost. Island. Yeah, it wasn't really a crusade. Although, but like then it goes back like because she picks, she opens the fridge and there's like a bunch of different drinks and she picks the Diet Coke and then it cuts to the night. You have chosen wisely. It's such. A, I just remember vividly remember this. Because then you get, you know, another callback to Raiders of the Lost Ark, religious artifact, guy chooses chooses the wrong cup, and we see this this rapid aging process. Which, which I think, it, I feel like it's 
the same people that did Poltergeist yes. 2, 3, 4, 5, I think, 6. I think it was the yeah. same, like, makeup people and everything. Well, also, it's not him that picks it. It's Elsa that picks it. She says, let me choose. And she picks, like, the goldest gold cup. But she well, knew. She knew. She knew she, oh, she was oh, doing. Oh, she knew she was doing, yeah. But she wanted to get it. She's such a bitch. Yeah, I couldn't <sighs> stand She's such, her. like, a, I will go with whatever side, guess me what I want. Yeah. Like, she's so annoying in this movie. Such a sneak. But I also, can't stand you know, her. To be fair, it, it was a pretty, uh... A pretty plausible choice. It looked like the ones that you see in all the pictures. It did look like the Monty Python cup. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. then they they pick, and obviously it's a cup of a carpenter. Yeah, Andy picks the red cup. It's like a wood. It's like a, well, it's just like a basic cup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's It's basic, basic, like Tammy. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) And he drinks out of it, and he leaves. I mean, nothing happens. Well, as long as he stays, if he had stayed, you know, replaced uh, the old knight, if he had stayed there, he, he would have, like... Does he sip it first before he goes back? He does. Because yes. he okay. has to confirm that he's got the correct cop. Because then he goes back and he, <coughs> he pours the water on Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Or... Just, like, a little bit. Just a little bit. It heals him. That's so weird. Because when he looks like he's pouring it into his dad's mouth, he looks like he pours the entire thing. I thought he poured it on his he stomach. Po- so he pours a little bit into the dad's mouth first, and then he pours the rest onto his wound. Yeah, but then there's still some in it, right? Yeah, well, the, the water you never know, goes away. Running over, running over, my cup is full and running over. It's a song about Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's a little But the cup, cup is supposed to stay there. Because you only are granted eternal life if you stay with a cup. You right. can't take it across the seal. Fucking dumb bitch. That's Cross- right. She crosses the seal. That's why bitch. the knight was still alive. Yeah, when but they yeah, got there. not eternal youth, because that knight leave is it, old as leave well. Leave it, you know, as always, tales all his time in religion. Leave it to a woman to fuck everything up for everybody. She <gasps> wouldn't listen. She wouldn't listen. Ew. Fucking eating apples, taking cups across things they shouldn't. Yeah. Here we go. Where's that garden of Eden? She does suck. Bad enough, she's... Well, she's not even German. She was Austrian. Maybe it's because there's no other woman for her to talk to in this movie because there's never any other woman she to could, talk to in Indiana Jones movie. She could have talked to that lady in the castle, the one that was like, Alliance! The not... The oh, Nazi? Oh, oh. Alarm! Yeah, even though... <laughs> even though they were just bound... They were bound <laughs> up. Oh no, they found our secret radio room. They know that this is a Nazi hideout. We should raise the alarm. So Elsa dies trying to get the cup. Frigid bitch. And then Indy tries to get the cup, and what happens? I see what you did there. See? See what you did there? Oh my god, Frigid. (laughs) She's frozen. She's frozen. She's a frozen bitch like Elsa. Let it go. Oh my god, what if he had actually. Does he say let it go? Does he say let it go? We Frozen is basically is basically the character Frozen from the last she does, She says I can reach it. He says something like, like let Indi- it go. He was like, oh. oh my god. He was like Indiana, <laughs> let it go. That's so funny. Oh, we, we're so cool. <laughs> we just uncovered something. Today. Yes, we did. And then what do we find out about Indiana? Well, he's they're named all named after the dog. After the dog. <laughs> So he's Junior because he's Henry Junior. Jones Junior. And 
And then he says, I prefer Indiana. And Sean Connery says, we named the dog Indiana. Which you see the dog in the beginning of the movie. It's like a husky or a No, no, no. It is. It is. A Malamute. Cocker Spaniel. It's not a Cocker Spaniel. <laughs> it's a husky or a Malamute. It is an Alaskan Malamute. Thank you. It's based off of George Lucas's dog. There you go. So, so it's always we come full circle yes. with the whole dog thing. And then they ride off into the sunset. They ride off into the sunset. It's a perfect ending for the franchise. The fourth movie never happened. Would but you, um, the Grail stays there. They don't get the Grail. No, they don't. They don't the take the Grail. Do you know who gave them those four horses? No. The King of Jordan. The King of Jordan, whose name is King His Hussein. Majesty. King Hussein. Yeah. Oh God. I thought you were going to make a joke like it was from like Brendan Fraser in The Mummy or something like that. No, it's Saddam's grandfather. Come on. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I don't know if that's true. Just 100. I don't know. I don't think that's... Could be. His saying is a pretty pretty common last name. It's like Smith there, I'm sure. Yeah, in the Arab. Yes. I feel comfortable saying that it's like a Smith. Yeah. Because the king of Jordan was the king of Jordan and Saddam Hussein was the dictator of Iraq and they're very... Yeah, so... There's a whole country. The final scene takes place in... in They're around each other. In Petra. Yeah, no, Jordan's not really... No. Jordan's not close? No, Jordan's not really close to Iraq. Bring up the map. Hey, hey, can we bring that map up? <laughs> All right, bring up the map. But they do film it at Petra in Jordan, which is a beautiful. Do you know, like, Petra's not some expansive place that you no. go in? Are you going to say that? No, it's like a tourist attraction, okay. basically, it, it, unfortunately. So Petra is a large rectangle inside. It's kind of gorgeous. With nothing else. Oh, no, yeah, but the outside is... Still phenomenal looking. Like it's I would right. go there just to see the outside. Like, it's a it looks fucking so cool. giant stone closet. They there's say nothing. that about the pyramids too. Like, oh, there's a pyramid, and then right next to it, there's a McDonald's. Yeah, it could be in the same photo. I say about you, if you let it. The stupid fucking Blarney Stone that I've been to three times. Like it's literally. I thought when I first went to Ireland that it was a rock on like the cliff of like Ireland, like overlooking the sea, and you had to like climb out and like kiss it and all that stuff it's a slab in a castle mm-hmm. that you have, have to, to lay on you. you have to lay yeah. on your back i've never kissed it because the locals pee on it apparently and i've never done it i feel like that's a myth uh i don't think so i'd pee on it but i i was like to this say is that you peed on this it. is the blarney stone like it yeah but petra i would go to i don't care like it's just so cool that it's cut into the like the mountains like that it's neat my mom oh. kissed the blarney stone so, did you know uh, Michael Byrne, the the main Nazi in this movie? The one who goes over the cliff? Yes. Okay. So he is in a movie. Is he uh, with, he's in another movie with Harrison Ford, and that is Force 10 from Navarone, and I strongly suggest you all watch that. Oh. It was very good. Be, and also, I couldn't find which character he specifically he's was. But oh. the, uh, well, that's usually the thing. You always get a British guy to play a Nazi. This is also the third time that Indiana Jones has squared off against the guy that he fought in both Raiders and Temple so of Doom. who does he play in this movie, then? He's, he's just, like, another big Nazi. Nazis, yeah. Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, they're the worst. Well, if only this movie had done for Nazis like Jaws did for Sharks, we wouldn't have some issues that we've had to understand. One of my favorite quotes from this movie is Nazis. I hate those guys. I don't know. Apparently, wasn't that guy advocating for a shark like safety? Is that what you're trying to no, say? No, he's saying like saying if they had written a book about this, then hopefully oh. people would have killed Nazis like they killed sharks. Oh, <laughs> that's what he's hoping. It's like oh my god. 
basically, yeah, uh, this is the second installment of our Spielberg month. So, go around the room here. Tammy, did you like this movie? I did. I liked it. I also compared it to National Treasure. Ooh. <laughs> and if you think about it, in National, in National Treasure 2, his dad is in it. His dad's in the so first, first one. one. Is he? Oh, yeah, they go and visit. Yeah, yeah they, they have to get Silas Duguid. They have to get the Silas Duguid letter. Oh, archaeologist. But he's loaned but them to the saying. Franklin Institute in Philadelphia. It's, it's like, like a history buff, huh? It's like... Like National Treasure, that is not the same movie. (laughs) 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 But you know what I mean, like adventure movie and anything with archaeological, yeah, yeah. And the dad, and yeah, I don't know. Matt wants to kill me right now. Um, (laughs) I love this movie. This movie is actually. My favorite in the Indiana Jones. I, I um, thought you said Raiders was your favorite. It's not. I, I've always loved you Black. I've loved Spielberg more. Despite all of his issues with it and his issues with having to correct the second one, uh, he said that this was his favorite out it, of the franchise. It's so. actually my favorite out of the franchise. I love River Phoenix in it. I love the opening scene. And to call back to Jaws, like Steven Spielberg had said that he wished he had more control over the Jaws sequels, like he did with the Indiana Jones sequels. Obviously, Jaws was early in his career, so he didn't have as much control. And that's why the Jaws sequels are terrible. But <laughs> he wished he had had some control over them, like he did over Indiana Jones, because he's very proud of the Indiana Jones sequel. But this is actually my favorite of the Indiana Jones movies, because I love Sean Connery in it, and I love, I love River Phoenix in it. Um, I wish there was a stronger female character in it, because Marion in Raiders is... So cool. I feel like Elsa was better than uh, what's her name in Temple of Doom. Though. Let, Let it go. go. <laughs> I like Kate Capshaw. No, I I like this movie. Guido. Um. So I love this movie. Period. Sean Connery reminds me of my daddy. I like Harrison Ford. Are you attracted like to your Sean dad too because of that? Like your stepmom. I need to see a picture of your dad again. None. Of, none, none of that. <laughs> Cut that part out. Let me find. Let me find a picture. Fucking of gross. <laughs> I mean, I am. I love this movie, man. I, because he reminds me so much I've of Braveheart and Fifth Element, and I, it's just the best fucking. I was uh, shocked that it came out in '89. I, mm-hmm. I I don't know why I thought it was like '94 for some reason. I had such a weird. Because you watched it every day until then. Probably. Probably. '89. I mean, that sounds great. Also, I think because I watch it, it looks so good. And I'm just shocked that it's 89. Oh, about that. So, uh, when I watched this to rush up on it, right? Like, I watched it for the first time ever in 4K HDR. Yeah, same It same looked here. great. Yeah, it, it looked amazing. so good. Really strong cut. It looks so I good. Feel, I feel, it's yeah, beautiful. That's, that's one of the things, you know what? As long as they're not actually doctoring the story like he did with certain other movies. Mm-hmm. Like both he and Lucas did with other, yeah, Star Wars other Man. movies. As long as they're just going back and they're just fixing the picture quality and making it look nicer, yeah. I'm all for it. Then when they replace the guns with walkie-talkies or they put more do-backs and uh, Jawas and land spears in it, that's when I have an issue. In a way, I, I felt like I was watching it for the first time again because it's not like you, know, you it, take a... It a, was a, magnificent. You take Jawas yeah. and then you colorize it because you put it on shitty fucking film. You know what I mean? It's it's better. I feel like your dad looks more like Sala. <laughs> Jonathan Reese Mutt or Jonathan Reese Davies? A little bit. He is the monarch of the sea. 
Are you showing her pictures of my dad? Well, I, I couldn't remember what he looks like. And I feel like he looks Look more like... Look at that beautiful man. Tell me that... Come on. I think he looks more like Sala. <gasps> which I like he's Sala. he's brown. My I dad to, is very tan. I have to find a picture of Tom when Sala he was a young man. Italian. Jonathan Reese Davies is not usually brown. He's very British and he's very pale. I still can't. I still can't believe that he's Gimli. Like it's so crazy to me every time I think about it. A resounding. Um, everyone <laughs> liked this movie. Another fucking. How could we not? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's going to be the theme for our Spielberg month that all the movies are great because but it's then, Spielberg yeah. and it's not like we're doing AI, so we're fine. So, but so also, rank them. but yeah. also, yeah, we're that's gonna, why we're ranking them at the end. We're going to rank them. So, okay. Tammy, quid pro quo. So next week. I am choosing Poltergeist as my movie of the week. Poltergeist being a movie that Steven Spielberg did not direct, but he, pro- I'm sorry, he wrote. Yeah. So she's kind of his baby. So I'm very excited to talk about Poltergeist. I am too. Because honestly, I haven't, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was certainly one of the first horror movies that I saw as a child. And I'm pretty sure I was probably around my son's age mm-hmm. when you watched it. When I watched it for the first yeah, time. And young. I remember it was one of those movies that it was like my parents watched and I knew I wasn't supposed to watch it. And we had a split level house, so I would like sneak and try and watch it when they were upstairs. And then I'd get scared and I'd like, run scary. around the corner and like close my eyes and put my hands over my face. It's scary. Yeah. So it was, it was like probably the first one I've ever never seen. Never saw it the whole way through. It's scary. You've never seen it the whole way through? Oh, come on, Carol. Did it make you scared? <laughs> no. It's never had interest in it. So, um. Interesting. Except for now. Poltergeist, I believe, is available on Netflix. I'm almost positive. Should be available on one of the streaming sites. I think it's actually on Netflix, but I'm not 100% sure, but I think it is. I'll have to check. I'm sorry. I wasn't. Yeah, like I didn't check beforehand. It's okay. Next week is Poltergeist. Again, not directed by Steven Spielberg, but written by him. It's actually directed by Toby Hooper, who directed the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Watch Poltergeist before our next episode. And obviously, thank you for it listening. Looks, it looks like it's on HBO Max. Oh, there you go. HBO Lights Max. off. Come on, do the thing right. <laughs> 1982. It was 1982 came out, the same, came out the same year as E.T. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Bye.